What's good, Internet? And welcome to Session 68 of Super GG Radio, where friends chat about video games and all things adjacent. Here I am, back from the dead, your S-rank host, Alex Arona. And I listened to last week's episode. I guess I can't take any more vacations. That's because my co-host and SNK expert, Joel DeWitt, is trying to take over. Joel? Let's Sam show after this. Only we play for hosting rights. Loser never hosts again. <laughs> You're going to pitch this fight, aren't you? You keep pitching this fight. Street Fighter 2, it's happening. I will take you down. Why would we play an inferior Street Fighter? Also with us is like a bad cough, Eric Getty Gettinger. You beat Super Hot and you didn't tell me? Yep. Yeah, I did. (laughs) Dude, is it the most innovative shooter you've played in years? Probably. Oh. You have to talk about Super Hot. Nah. Fine. And this week's special guest, former GameSpot editor and current head of community marketing at Twitch, as well as partner Twitch streamer, mother flippin' Mary Kish. Thanks. Wow, that was a nice intro. It made me feel good. <laughs> you have a lot of titles. It'll sound more impressive when he edits the air horn. Yeah, give yeah. me some feel, feel, feel. <laughs> done, done. I was also going to do a Kermit the Frog. <laughs> Yay! All right. This week, we play some alpha demos in the early adopters, get really spooky in the backlog, and then get to know Mary better with our guest spot. I might also have a game ready for us, too. But first, early adopters, where we play alphas, betas, and games I normally wouldn't play. Uh, because, again, I played this at night, and it was spooky. Why do you Why do you do that to yourself? I, I wanted to get into it. Okay, System Shock. All right. S- the System Shock alpha... The, the System Shock is an older game that... Uh, I had never played originally. It was, they say, you know, the precursor to Bioshock. And, uh, I can, you know, I always started at Bioshock, so I never played this one. But they're remastering it, and this is like the alpha demo so that you could see what they're trying to do as far as update the game. This is always the game that I see on Steam sale pages on Reddit, where there's always like one of the top rated comments. It's always like, oh, System Shock is on sale for 75% off. You have to get this. And I, I always pass it by because it's old. Not there's anything wrong with that but yeah no it's just i think that they've kind of they kind of hit the mark with bioshock so i'm like oh well system shock i'm not sure if i need to it's like i when skyrim came out and i go well i'm playing morrowind (laughs) like by precursor do you mean is actually made by the same developers ended up doing bioshock i don't i don't think think so so. no no i don't think but a lot of they 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 reference a lot of it as inspiration uh now Mary, you are a spooky horror game kind of connoisseur, I would say. Would you call yourself that? I've I've played a decent chunk, yeah, but I kind of got started late. It's not like I've uh, been playing spooky games, you know, since since I was a kid or anything. I probably didn't get into it until the last five or ten years is when it started really going down. So I missed, you know, System Shock. I wasn't even able to play games like that when I was growing up. My parents would never let me. I had, you know, one of those cool friends who let me play, like, Resident Evil 4 because I was at her house and her parents were cool. But it's not like I could, like, take that home. Are you an advocate for you have to play with the lights off at night? Or are you bright light on, uh, doors open, got to call people, make sure you're around? Yeah, it's not not binary. It's funny because when I play scary games now, I'm playing them on stream, which means I have a big old ring light on me, which probably doesn't. It takes out a little bit of the spookiness, but I believe if you're like at home and you're and you want to give it a whirl, it's totally worth immersing yourself. It's absolutely worth wearing a pair of noise canceling headphones so you can actually hear 
the world and, and do your best to get into it. One of the scariest games I've ever played, Amnesia, is is really not that scary if you just play it with all the lights on and choose not to get into it. You have to allow yourself to feel that if you want to do it. And if not, then, you know, play play Crash Bandicoot. Like, live your life. But, like, if you want to play something scary, like, go for it. <laughs> Okay. Okay. See that it, when that happens, I think I did the Dead Space series that way, but I definitely played in like forty-five minute chunks, and then was like, okay. Yeah. Same with me break. with Amnesia. I played. Um, when, that was like probably one of the very first scary games I ever played, and um, I had to stop an hour before bed so that I could um, look at funny videos on YouTube, which would allow me to sleep at night. <laughs> Good call. And See? decompress. That sounds like a job. <laughs> See, that's a pro move, though. It's a way to go. All right, well, System Shock. System Shock. The, it's definitely been up but I can tell also that they kept a lot of the core gameplay, if only because some of the menus in the game come off a little archaic. They're very kind of clunky, a little bit hard to parse. Getty, I know you specifically had a little bit of an issue playing this game. I did. Well, you said that you couldn't find one of the the door buttons, and then you're like, well, I don't know, I just kind of got lost. Oh, yeah, I, I actually played for like 75 minutes, according to Steam. I don't know how much truth is in that, but yeah, I was running around. I thought that I explored pretty much everything, but I must have overlooked something, because I found the logs that said that you have to get to the beta sector to meet up with a whole bunch of people, or if they're still alive. But I just couldn't figure out how to unlock that door, and I don't know if that's where... The, or that's as far as I could get in the demo, but I felt like I I put a pretty good chunk of time into this. Oh, you made it farther than me. I got swarmed by a bunch of guys shooting lasers at me, and I got the electronic stun gun. Now, what are your thoughts on pipe puzzles? Uh, that was kind of neat, that it was actually built into the environment, and it didn't take you to like a third screen or a second screen <laughs> in order to do it. <laughs> I, I can appreciate that, and uh, I do appreciate the uh, the bright neon light, so I can actually tell if I'm doing something right or not. <laughs> so <laughs> that was nice, that took, nice flashing light. That took me a second to figure out because I didn't. I again, I was waiting for that third screen, like Eddie was saying, and it didn't happen. So I just started clicking, and it started working. So I was I was actually pretty same surprised. with the keypad interfaces. It was nice to not have to like zoom in, but it's also kind of dangerous if you're not paying attention and one of the mutants sneaks up on you. I, I gotta say, I, I was pretty into the environment of this game, uh, or this demo. Like, I, I have no familiarity with System Shock, so this is all a fresh experience to me. And, like, you could see the sort of uh, frayed edges of, like, the old graphics in some parts of it. So there's, like, a surgery bed you get to early on that you open up and have your character go into, and then it would do this, like, neon scanning light that looked like, like the Matrix-type... Uh, garble coming down while it scanned you but you could see like big chunks of like pixels on certain parts of it that kind of stood out and little things like that i I noticed but even with that the the environment has a a certain like tense mood to it decent lighting so i I was kind of impressed with that did you get to one of the areas where when you open a door and then you get swarmed by mutants it jumps over to like the rock music <laughs> I'm not sure if I just didn't have the sound on right, but no, I didn't recall that. Yeah, it does. It like, started like a more upbeat. It started going doom esque. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What yeah. did you guys think about the mutants? Like the mutants themselves, like their physical appearance and stuff. Like I thought they were kind of like I don't know. 
they're creepy, but they weren't scary in that same capacity to me. Like, I wasn't, like, horrified when I saw them. I just found them kind of gross. I think you hit that right. Like, it is not scary. I mean, they they almost walked like orangutans, kind of, with their arms mm-hmm. sort of lurched forward and bounding towards you. But, like, uh, you know, they can be... They feel threatening, unless you're talking about, like, the, the trash tan robots early on that <laughs> were more or less one or two hit and down. But, uh, you know... Take that, Wally! But these, yeah, the zombies were were kind of gross. the The guys that looked like they were in hazmat suits with the laser beams, those guys kind of creeped me out because they didn't really make a sound. So and then they just start firing I, that, at you. Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of what happened. Is that I saw a zombie, mm-hmm. I'm whacking him with a pipe. A second one comes at me, and that's not too bad. But then all of a sudden, I get laser beamed from two different directions, and I just like look behind me, and one guy's right in my face with the hazmat suit. And so that yeah, that hazmat suit guys also have but, those yeah. beady eyes that kind of remind me of like a, a wolf looking at you in the dead of night. Like sometimes you can't really see too much of them, <laughs> yes. but you can just see these little piercing eyes, and that's stressful for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, they also had guns too, right? So, I, I, yeah, imagine I, I, a wolf in the like dead of night with a gun, a bit of, with a gun <laughs> in his mouth. <laughs> the the thing about the the, the demo there, the alpha, is that it, I, I could tell where they were going. I like the updated graphics, though. I did think that it could have used it could have used that. Sadly, the Resident Evil map, the new updated where you can see where you're going, because I did find that I started to kind of get lost. And start. I, I, I couldn't remember if I had been in that room before, if I made the wrong turn, if I was just going in circles. You want like Which a map screen, that, right? Well, there was a map screen, but it just it wasn't clear uh, cut to me that I that I knew. Okay, I wasn't. So going where in it colors then. the rooms, or it shows you what's yeah. locked, and okay, yeah, I could see that. I feel like some sort of benefit from at least having a better guide because. Yeah, that I started to feel a little aimless trying to figure out where to go next, and it, yeah, that's all. I mean, I, I guess I don't I don't want it to hold my hand, and maybe that's kind of the point of this is to bring back the classic without and just saying this is what it was. I hope here's for all the people who want to remember it. You're looking for the modern niceties, and uh, they're they're maybe going for the throwback. Yeah, yeah maybe this is like a Warcraft three situation. <laughs> <laughs> Did anybody run into the room of, uh, like, people lying on stretchers and, and they're sitting there like, like they're hospital patients, but they've got, like, the circular-looking sores all over them and they're really pale? Yeah, well, I think that's actually what the people are supposed to look like. I don't, I don't know if you guys ever read the book Neuromancer, but this definitely has, like, vibes of that where you're actually able to jack in with a, a system into your head, like all of the augmented things that he plugs in at the beginning so i think that that's actually like a a step into the future where people have like all of the the scarring or at least the enhancements that are built into their body how far away do you think we are from that not not very (laughs) far like i i was already trying to petition my wife to let me get robot eyes but that's not happening like it's that's one of the arguments that we have is that i want robot Uh, eyes yeah i that just makes me think of Terminator 1. Doesn't he have to replace an eye in that? That was like my first nightmare uh, <laughs> as a kid, like watching that movie growing up and seeing well, that, that scene. That movie's actually like kind of weird to go back and watch it. You're like, oh my gosh, this is a lot more graphic than I remember. <laughs> right. <laughs> have you seen the uh, part of Total Recall where the dude like pulls a little, um, I think it's like a thing that 
it's like a tracker and it's in his brain. He has to pull it out through his nose. Yeah. Mm. yeah. No, I have not uh, seen It's that got movie. that same really? feeling where it's just like, no, not the eye, but you say, oh, not through the nose. And <laughs> yeah, I, I, anything with like doing unnaturally horrific things and <laughs> violence, like, uh, that's my kind of cringe I can't watch. Face violence is special. Yes. <laughs> the, the thing with the nose is that I feel it. Like I, I could, like I'm imagining something being pulled through my sinuses and it just like, Oh yeah, that's a, that's a movie I can feel. So wait, is total recall a must see movie? Yeah. I mean, if you like Terminator, I mean, obviously it's not like the same. It doesn't have like that iconic, um, you know, everybody's like is obsessed with it, but it's got like the same actor. It's got like that sci-fi love to it. Total Recall is like it actually holds up to the test of time. I think I literally watched it like last year, and it's still, it's still dope. Like you're talking about like, right. um, you know, a whodunit. Um, you know, being accused of a crime you didn't commit, running around trying to figure it out, and it's all done in the future in like a weird future world, Mars, really, actually. Yeah. It's That's, it's yeah it's very cyberpunky and everyone's got the enhancements and ports on them and just like different colored hair and like yeah it's it's and, it's pretty good and three I, boobs I, now that I now you yeah and three boobs there's a girl with three boobs that's a lot iconic of a selling point I mean, that, is, that that is like fifty percent more boob than you expect so that's <laughs> not not bad okay well system shock I think is got some ways to go I think it could it could it could benefit. From some modern niceties, but I definitely intrigued me on the classic. Again, it reminded me a lot of when I was playing Skyrim, and and I decided not to play Skyrim and go and start playing Morrowind instead. And it just, you see the difference between playing Bioshock Infinite versus like a System Shock. Uh, I I think that I would like to see more of it and to see how it develops over time. Next game, Weaving Tides. Mary, you you've played some Weaving Tides with us. Is it? Did you get the chance? To play I did this not one? get time to play Weaving Tides, so I uh, I defer my time. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Because what's weird is that Joel actually played this. <laughs> <laughs> was, that Joel, was unnecessary. <laughs> I didn't say it. I did. <laughs> Joel, tell tell me about Weaving Tides. Uh, Weaving Tides is it has a sort of isometric top down view a little bit. You play as a, a girl. With her, is it a? It's like a dragon slash manta ray made out of slash fabric. Adopted dad, right? But with a yeah. fabric tail and and, and slash adopted dad slash what kind of yeah. looked like a dog face a little bit. A, a little bit. It, that might have just been the style. <laughs> like, yeah. You ever see well, how like, to train your dragon? Those yes. dragons have very dog faces. Like it's it's very adorable. But uh, the the main game thrust is really like you're you're going through different lanes of, of space and the ground is sort of this like woven fabric like uh almost like a wicker basket kind of look and there will be empty patches where you can dip under the weave and dip back up and as you go through these motions you end up sewing shut those open spaces and the game for the demo was mostly just exploring through a few of these parts. There are areas with some enemies where you have to pin them down with your uh, fabric. Your weaving. And, yeah. And uh, just sort of going through a thrust of the story. 
with with that, I, I just the music was very calming and relaxing. The weaving back and forth was actually very. You can you can kind of zone out into going in and out, up and down through the fabric, just because it was, it's it's just really like smooth. Yeah, it was really calming. It was really satisfying. Like it, it kind of evoked the same feelings in me as playing something like Flower, mm-hmm. where really it's just about just hitting all the different notes and and points that your objective is to go to, and then just the satisfaction of cleaning up the space and being able to move on. Getty, what did you think about Weaving Tides? I thought it was pretty cute. I I felt like the puzzles were just tricky enough for the demo that we played, and it didn't take very long to make it through. It, there seems like there's going to be a lot there that they can unpack to. The, the NPCs that you run into are really interesting. They don't look like normal human beings where... The main character and even his uh, fabric dragon—they look almost like uh, I don't know how. How would you guys describe it? Not like bird people, maybe bird people. <laughs> yeah, I think they were like kind of bird people because they even reference that the kid main character would eventually grow up to be a bird person. Bird person. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say they're bird people, but how do I say that they look like bird people? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's definitely visually very yeah. uh, pretty. Like I like the uh, the color choices. It has like a really strong artistic style. I do like um, when I watched the trailer. I like remember feeling like it. It was cohesive, right? And they kind of picked something and then they followed through with it. Where all the colors are quite calming. The music is is nice and and lighthearted. And I feel like it probably invokes. Uh, a nice atmosphere where you feel probably like you're relaxed to play it. Yep, and then and then go along with that. They had you can collect a different thread that will give you bonus stats, and they start to unlock abilities, things like a dash or uh, a way to attack enemies and to tie them down. I think that this being kind of the early demo for it, like a prologue almost. I, I feel like it tells me a lot that I'm more curious about what is what is unlockable, what is possible, what are the powers here. And even the puzzles being, oh, sew or weave this intricate pattern means something to me that it look it looks really cool from the top down, the way that it's angled, that the pattern looks very, very pretty. Something that I would see sewn into a pillow. And yeah, wondering what the powers are like, that kind of stuff just makes me think like, this is something I should keep my eye on and I want to follow up more of. Well, it's not too late. It just, uh, I think it finished on Kickstarter, got backed, I think, twice over or something like that. So you can still, I think they have a link on the website so that you can also donate if you want to get your hands on it quicker. I I think we'd like to put something probably up on Twitter just to kind of show off this game a little bit more. Because, yeah, they're even talking about trying to put it on Switch, trying to come out with it this year. That'd be really cool. But right now, there's no release date. But I think that that game fits on Switch. But you know what doesn't, right? I mean, I guess almost not the Outer Worlds. But yeah, I, was, <laughs> I saw that. Doesn't really uh, live up to it. Oh, what you gonna do? I mean, yeah, that's kind of a big game. Not yep. play the Outer Worlds. Play Weaving Tides. <laughs> that's a strong statement. <laughs> <laughs> 
You should still give this a shot. Yeah, actually, it really does seem up my alley. I try and play uh, one indie game a week, um, and so I have this on my list, and I just didn't get to it in time, but it really actually does seem like it's up my alley. How long was the demo that you guys played? Half an hour, Mm -hmm. maybe. Yeah, just a tiny slice, but it, it, it felt very complete. Compared to some of the other stuff Alex Bates has played, it felt very complete. <laughs> so I've I can't remember what it was. I was playing something on stream recently, and it crashed twice midstream. I was like, "Oh, maybe this one isn't quite ready yet for the podcast." Ooh, yeah, that's early. <laughs> I feel like if you're going to release a demo and it crashes every once in a while, I play a game in early access and it crashes, or I see like a really glaring bug, and I'm always like, "It ain't out yet." So you know, I can't be that mad. But I feel like a double crash is pretty. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, and the other thing is that some of this stuff, like, we'll occasionally just find, like, student games and just be like, well, this seems like a really interesting concept. And even that, we're like, okay, well, you know, it is what it is, and we take everything with a grain of salt. I um, did some judging for the IGF competition, which is, like, you know, where they let developers submit their games, and we kind of go through them, and you have to go through them at length, and there's a lot of just tremendous concepts. I like write that a lot when I'm looking at games, especially from students where I'm like, what an ingenious idea. Uh, It's broken and um, I can't play it for more than five minutes, but my God, what a good idea. (laughs) But like, it's just not there yet. It's not ready. That's, that's kind of what I look for when I'm trying to pick some of these games. I just like throw it at them and be like, what did you make me play, Alex? I'm like, oh, no. It seemed like a yeah, good idea. I mean, anytime we like looked at games for GameSpot or um, like still to this day, like when I'm like picking games to stream, one of the largest criteria I look for is, is it doing something I've never seen before in terms of gameplay or mechanics um, or telling a story? Is it something that's just not been done and to me that's worth a lot more than having a beautiful game or a really fun game that's doing something that i've seen countless other games achieve and that's the that's kind of the great thing about indies and the expansion of how many indie games come out anymore is that it it means that there's that many more opportunities for something unique that i haven't seen before to bubble up and be visible and give something a try a hundred percent. I think that's the value that indies offer is innovation. Um, it's kind of like, in some cases, I feel like, um, like instead, you know, like with restaurants, they have, um, there's like a lot of people who have food carts. Indies are like the food carts of the video game world. They can try a little bit and they can be uh, more daring. They can be more agile because it's a small, it's just a small cart. And they don't need as much to live. So they can try, try really crazy things. And people, you probably get the most innovation from these tiny little projects. So I think they're really worth, worth uh, diving into. That's how we feel as well. And with that, I'm going to say that was a real shock to our system. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> I need I need a couch co-op. I got to put Getty on speakerphone and just say, Getty, I'm playing System Shock. You need to stay on the phone. <laughs> okay. I can do that. Okay. We'll be right back, guys.
looking. Uh, you know, being not knowing stuff is is stupid. So one shall learn something with the news. That's pretty good. Okay. <laughs> That's <pretty> good. <laughs> it was a bit of a journey, but we got back there. Don't don't be an idiot. Why don't you learn something today? I like it. Cool. There we go. <laughs> oh yeah, that's pretty good. Okay, news. Uh rumor Far Cry 6 to be revealed July, uh July 12th. I don't I was I was talking to somebody recently this that I didn't get into Far Cry 5 because I already played 2, 3 and 4. There was a Far Cry 5? How many Far Cry's <laughs> oh, yeah. are there? I can't. Well, like, Believe well, it. there's well, more uh, than five. That's for right, sure. Right. They're at they're at five, but then after three, they started doing mini using the same engine. They All right, so three had one, four had Blood one, Dragon, and five had one. The Caveman yeah. one and the one after the Apocalypse. Primal. Yep. I remember that. That one was dope, actually. Um, five. Oh yeah, five was the uh, uh, cult one, the, like fa- fanaticals. Yeah. Yes. The redneck cults i think kind of yeah it was weird and it was kind of like in one of those like political gray areas it was interesting yeah i remember now it's see that's the see the problem i have is that far cries are never bad it's just that there's just so many of them every other year it's okay that i just i yeah. heard this one's going to be on an island again well, is that where you want it did you ever play the first one joel i have only played the fourth and then i i kind of quit after a couple hours mm. first one was real good because it had you on an island like and uh, the way that you transitioned between the different areas, and it, it was just really, at that point, a lot of fun and different from other games. Yeah, I definitely had friends growing up that were really into the series. It just I, I jumped into the Fords. I know that kind of blew up out of them, and then uh, it just didn't grab me. Something about I didn't feel like the the movement and gun action felt that great for me. I'm I'm never great at first-person stealth sections, which is a real problem for this game, I think. Mm. So, Well, uh, one of the things that they keep doing is they drop the huge map on you, and then they make you grind out stuff. What I'm waiting for is that what, they're gonna, what they've been doing the last two ga- the last two games is that they make it so that you, the, the ev- you meet the evil villain very early on, and then he goes, hold on a minute. And then if you wait, like, 15 minutes, they, there's an ending. Yeah, that so, yeah, did, did that start did. with four? Was that because yes. that was like kind of a really cool Easter egg that people found that if you just sat in that room, they ended the game and you lost, or I don't know if you really lost, but <laughs> definitely didn't win. Well, I mean, you kind of find out that the villain is kind of a gray area kind of villain, and then at the end, he's like, "Hey, you want to hang out?" And you're like, "I guess." <laughs> but even with with five, the the guy calls you call the guy the the cult leader's bluff, and he's just like, "Okay, you can leave," and then you leave, and that's the end of five. Wait, am I remembering right that Far Cry 4's plot is basically the same as God of War? K- kinda? Yeah. Uh, Almost. That makes sense. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Really? Yeah. I'll buy that. Isn't, isn't, isn't it spreading I, ashes no, of a loved no, no, one or no. something? Yeah, you're spreading the ashes of your mom. But, okay. All, you mean only the to most that recent part. one? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At that point, it's I was like, I don't divides. remember <laughs> anything else <laughs> common to that. All right. All right. Sure. Same game. Same game. <laughs> it's a it's a Zelda like. It's a Zelda. Yeah. God Zelda like. Well <laughs> like don't. like the uh other Zelda games, it has that tower 
pinging thing where to like get the map and to achieve more in the game you have to go to like areas and kind of win them over or get the tower and that that always kind of gets exhausting to me where it's like um finding the area and then like kind of securing the area maybe that was the stealth thing you were mentioning earlier it's like that can get exhausting where it's not the main plot but you have to get these towers secured in order to progress in the game and that kind of would always exhaust me over time it just always felt like the same thing see and now you just picked out the thing that i probably loved one of the best things about Uh. breath of the wild (laughs) yeah (laughs) finding the towers and climbing them and unlocking that big chunk of map but zelda does it differently Uh. it's hard to describe um there's a lot that that game does that if you put it in a different game it would annoy me and somehow with Zelda it's really beautiful Um, maybe it's because there's almost not often that you are in a place of great height unless you find one of those towers so you can actively use it to progress really far and feel really accomplished whereas like in a Far Cry game you just literally have to do it because you have to expand your map and and everyone they'll have like six bad guys that you can see and four hidden and so I'm just kind of running around with like a hatchet, hoping that I can get this damn tower. But it doesn't like it doesn't excite me after I do like the first five towers, um, specifically with the Far Cry series. I I actually really enjoyed everything in Zelda: Breath of the Wild. <laughs> do you have a hand glider in Far Cry? Yes. yes. Does it feel yes. as good as Zelda? No. Kind of. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Probably not. <laughs> That's all I need to know. <laughs> you can't sled down snowy mountains on a shield. Then what's the point? That's what I like, said. What, what's what's the point? <laughs> I'm trying to think. If, I think there is some sort of sledding mechanic in Far Cry 4, but I can't remember. <laughs> I okay. think there was in 5, at least okay. in New Dawn, because that's what I played. I think we've talked about Far Cry longer than there's been games for it. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about Bungie. <laughs> Bungie working on a new fantasy RPG. Also, Getty, did you see Destiny 2? They're Disneying the content. Yeah, Disney vaulting half the old content or something yep. like that. Yeah, yeah. That's what I, you got to do. I guess just the weight of the content, it's, it's too meaty to, to be able to stay on the, the bones. I don't know. I mean, I thought that I saw that the next expansion is going to put it at like 100 gigabytes. And uh, I think that's one of the reasons why Steve doesn't play anymore, because it takes up more than half of his hard drive. It's like, nope. There is a PS5 event tomorrow. I just want a price. I just want a price. All right. Then wait. (laughs) But, But do you think it'll be tomorrow? It probably won't. It'll be tomorrow. Just relax. <laughs> they have to announce the price sometime. If I mean, they're it's... releasing it by Christmas or this year, yeah. which is what I assume they're like saying, or that's like, is it been announced? Like, there's no date or anything, but I feel like they're alluding to like holiday, right? Yeah, yeah. I think they've... they've committed to this year. I don't, I don't, I don't think that we've got a firm date yet. No, but I mean, again, they've they, again, if they, I'm, they have not said anything far enough out that I, I can only imagine it'd be Christmas, Alex. What price would you say no thanks to a launch PS5? Ooh, this is a good game. Oh, uh, 600. Really? But take into consideration how much you're going to owe, or how much you're, yeah, you're going to owe Joel for uh, <laughs> the Borderlands movie coming out. This isn't even fair. It's totally Mary, fair. Mary, I bet somebody, I can't remember, I want to say it was $20 that the Borderlands movie wouldn't actually get made. And every time we talk about it, that number goes up. I don't know how. <laughs> 
I, I just don't know why you offered to give me a PlayStation 5 at launch. That's yeah. that's double tough considering the circumstances. I didn't do that. Oh. <laughs> uh, I would pay 600 Joel, what do you think? I, I have... I'm not getting one at launch. I, I can't justify it right now. But I, if it were not an ob, like if it were something I was planning on doing, mm, I, I feel like 450 would be my limit. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm just. Uh, I, I know that's not where the prices are going to land, but I, I expect five. But that's sort of where I said right now. It's a lot of money. I'm, I'm gaming content. Yeah, it, it depends on <laughs> the launch so games, right? Like, do you ever like? Well, base it on that or like exclusive titles that you want because I feel like there's less and less exclusive titles that require you having a console on launch yeah and also I have not been that impressed with most launches in recent memory like uh, and even Switch the reason why it was great was because there was Zelda <laughs> so it's like this big huge game that's just a big playground you can spend 100 plus hours in without even blinking and uh I, I can't recall PlayStation 5 or Xbox really enticing me with what they have at launch. It's, it's usually a lot of third-party stuff, ports, and uh, carryovers in, in some strange way. So it's I, I can't see a scenario for me, but also I've got you know piles of different hardware set under TVs in my house, so it's a little tough to justify <laughs> another box. I didn't even play the Zelda um, at launch because and the Switch because I had it on Wii U, so it wasn't exclusive oh. to Switch, which is funny to think about. Um, I literally bought a Wii U to play Breath of the Wild, and then it got delayed. And then when the Switch came out, I was like, "Screw you!" I bought this <laughs> giant thing <laughs> that I can't play very many games on. I'm playing Breath of the Wild on it, and I and I did. I got the you stick to your guns. I did. Yeah, that's my money. Damn it. Like, that was... Those things are expensive. Consoles are expensive. You buy a console for a game, you better freaking get it. Um, So I didn't get a Switch for a really long time after that. I think eventually... I'm trying to think of, like, what sold me. Like, oh, crap, I have to get a Switch so I can play X. Probably, honestly, just travel for work. But I think it was months, like, maybe six months or something afterwards. Because there was no launch title I had to have. Yeah, definitely without Zelda, it would have been... It would have been slim pickings. Like even, hell, I I was a sucker that got a Wii U at launch, and there was like thirty some games, but so many of them were ports. So it was like I got it, looked at my uh, spouse and said, like, uh, well, I guess let's play Nintendo Land. <laughs> the 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 reason why I got the Switch was that I used to like to bring party games to people, but I would that would consist of me bringing a laptop and four Xbox controllers in a backpack. So that seemed like a hassle, and then the Switch, pretty close on, started porting all the indies that PlayStation didn't want anymore, and a lot of those indies were the party games I was playing. So that's the main reason why I got the Switch, was because I just wanted to bring, bring it around to people's houses and play party games. Also, I bought it from a weird guy on OfferUp. My oh, Switch God. smelled like weed. Yeah. I remember you showing up like, hey, smell this. And I was like, no. <laughs> and then you tried to get me to lick one of the cartridges. <laughs> Still trying to get you to do that? Yeah, it's not going to happen. Definitely not also now. That, also, that headphone jack didn't work, so that was a oh. bootleg-ass switch. <laughs> Daddy, what would you pay for a PlayStation 5 at launch? Uh, if I were actually going to pay for it, I think 5 is my limit. I just replaced a whole bunch of computer parts, so I don't want to... This has to tide me over for a while. Well... Lucky you, 
Uh, rumors of Bloodborne and Demon Souls, Persona 4, and possibly Persona 3 all coming to PC. I thought that Persona 4 was supposed to be on Steam next week. It's showed up there, but... Yeah, it, the, the Steam API or whatever what got leaked with some images and stuff. So I, I think 4 is likely... Where's the rumor for 3 coming from? Uh, it's around the same time someone got the files for 4 and then said the files for 3 were coming. Hmm. But it was, again, the person who originally leaked the API stuff was that person saying that the files for 3 were coming. I don't know. I'm always uh, for uh, re-releasing of older titles so they're available. I mean, why not? <laughs> no, I agree. Right now, the, those old Persona games, you can only play them on the Vita. No one's got the Vita. Getty's got my Vita. Yeah, I do. I can just <laughs> give it back to you if that's the case. <laughs> I kind of want to play those games. It's been a while since I've picked up a Vita. I liked that thing. It was a handy little console. It had its moment in the sun. Cramps. Yep. There you go. Uh, Resident Evil 8 rumors, as uh, a German website headed up for pre-orders, the creator of Resident Evil has said future games will be inspired by the pandemic. Please, no. Yeah. In, I... in, in what regard, though, do you think that they're referring to, or he's referring to? It's got to be some sort of virus outbreak that will lock people in a shelter-in-place scenario, and then, like, like you ever heard of the movie Recording? REC? I have every, not, but every Resident Evil game is about a virus that infects people. What? Yeah, if that's the case, well, no, Corona it, is based on Resident Evil because it's yeah. always been about a freaking virus that gets out of control. Who's our umbrella? It's, it's Amazon, isn't it? <laughs> no. <There> was, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You can't answer that, can you? <laughs> I yield my time. <laughs> we see the truth here. Uh, there was a movie called Recording, or REC, and it was a zombie outbreak, but it was in a lockdown apartment complex. And that's kind of where I could see it being, oh, everyone's quarantined except for one guy. And our, lock him. He's, but he's he, got the infection. Here's the thing, like, if you look at our backlog blog, we're going to talk about Silent Hill 4. Like, that's, that's what we're doing right now. That's the pandemic right there. That, that's it. I, yeah, you know, <laughs> it's apt. That's your pandemic game. It's apt. Uh, and uh, a new possible Batman title in the Arkham series coming out. Uh, rumor is it might be Batman Beyond or another title coming soon. Uh, info should be up. It is currently when E3 should have been happening. Yeah. So. With that, we put an end to the news. Gotta let you know. I hope that news was listening. Stop being a dummy. Start learning some news. Don't be a dummy, dum-dum. Listen to some news. Why don't ya? <laughs> we'll be right back. We're back, back with the backlog vlog. We play games that still freak me right the hell out. Mary, you are our guest. Uh, you came bringing the heat. You came with these two games. Uh, I, I watched somebody play fully four in college, or one of them in college, and then I played the other one uh, to my own frightening horror. Tell me about Silent Hill Four. 
Silent, yeah, the whole Silent Hill series is pretty freaky, and they all kind of revolve around like really personal uh, issues and stories, and um, they kind of invoke like a natural sense of of dread and terror, in the sense of like um, losing someone or feeling lost and alone or not being able to have redemption. And four really does that in the most unique and innovative way in the series. Not everything about silent Hill four is incredible, but I will argue that it is, it, it ma- takes the biggest leaps in the game series of innovation and something that, I was bringing up earlier to you guys is that it is absolutely inspiring to later games in the series, including PT. It's it's really quite fascinating what they did with it. Well, how would you say it kind of inspires or at least relates a little to PT? Totally. I mean, people are really familiar with PT. PT's beloved, right? Everyone talks about mm-hmm. it as this like iconic game. And I played PT like most people. I played it before I, I played because 4 wasn't a very popular game. Um, so I played PT, actually the day they announced it, I like remember it vividly, they announced it at the Sony press conference and it was already downloaded on a console and I was uh, working at GameSpot that day and they said, uh, you're going live, sit down. And I played this game <laughs> <laughs> where you go around and around in a place that you can't get out of. And could you believe... The look on my face when I boot Silent Hill for the room for the first time and you are in a room and there are padlocks on the door and you can't get out. And the entire first section of this game is about being in your house and utilizing clues to try and progress the story with like physical like imagery storytelling right like um the the pictures on the walls and the um sometimes like there'll be like a scratch or something in the in the actual wall itself and you'll kind of like almost feel like you wish you could you know scratch at it or maybe like you could look through it that's pretty wild like these very clear connections between these two games where you're stuck in an isolated space your apartment or your house and you're using the 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 visual clues of the area to kind of progress that storyline. Um, there's so many things that are connected. Um, I like remember saying out loud, and if you like ever watch the playthrough of me playing the room, how often I say, Oh my God, it's just like PT, like where they make the bathroom, this like really gross stressful place to be you don't want to be in there and um it does it in uh in first person you know silent hill is in a first person game but that section is you wake up in your bed Mm -hmm. in first person you go into a bathroom there's like weird noises that you hear and there's shit going on and you're freaking out you actually can this isn't um directly connected to PTB, you can like look out the window and see neighbors and actually kind of get involved in what's going on outside. It's just really wild that they were even able to to make a game like this back then. I I thought PT was ahead of the curve, like it was doing things that had never been done before, but if you've played The Room, you'll realize that they were without a doubt, they had played 
the room and thought, man, this is strong. Like, let's go with this. Like, let's run with this idea further. The I remember watching my college roommate play this one, and I found it so fascinating. Uh, whenever you do, you do the you actually uh, play these parts of the level that are very classic Silent Hill in the third person, but you're always first person back in your apartment. And I remember every time he would go back to his apartment, he would look through and see everything that had changed and shifted. Like there was a a peephole in your door, and you would see a guy in a was it a bunny suit? <laughs> Yeah, there's a there's a peephole. There's a lot of holes. Silent Hill has a thing about holes, you know, and <laughs> it's very hole yep. focused. And I I think there's a hole in your front door, right? Like the peephole to look outside in the hallway. And they would put every once in a while they put like some stuff that scare you or like a jump scare in that hallway just to get you. But there's also a, a hole that happens in your living room where like kind of creepy like you eventually move some furniture and there's a hole to look at your neighbor and like spy um on your neighbor in your living room and that's really stressful too and there is a bunny on your neighbor's bed and the bunny is like kind of staring at you it's like a stuffed rabbit it's really upsetting i couldn't tell if it was supposed to be like a fetish thing or not i was just very uncomfortable by the bunny staring at you a hundred percent i mean they definitely enjoy that bunny i've seen that bunny in in previous games and later games i like don't know if i like remember the full history of the bunny i'm sure there's like a youtube video about that silent hill bunny somebody was was really into donnie darko yeah they've been inspired but i've seen him multiple in multiple games that bunny has returned and i think he was just (laughs) in the last the, the game we're playing now silent hill five homecoming he's in that one too the bunny so he's kind of he's kind of taking the place of pyramid head almost yeah i think i might have seen the bunny more than pyramid head so far which is upsetting because we really like pyramid head he loves those mannequins <laughs> he does too much some would say yeah uh yeah that's a like the game is um fascinating i like how you you said you're you're 100% like he it it jumps from third person to first person so you know when you go into these holes quite literally you go into a hole and then you come out of almost like a tunnel and then you're playing third person for the other portion of the game but the so weird to see like you go into the bathroom and there's like a hole in the wall and then you crawl into it I don't think I would do that quite honestly yeah it asks you too right in traditional silent hill fashion would you like to enter the hole and you're like i don't know you end up going in it but it's like yeah they always make you confirm if you really want to enter the hole it's just like it's those types of things that are so silent hill so so iconic (laughs) well that's also just like uncomfortable because that's basically like you consenting to horrors (laughs) Yeah, they're toying with you. It's a weird... Exactly. Now, how does Silent Hill 4 rank, do you think, out of the... uh, What, there's five mainline and then a couple side ones? But let's go mainline five. How do you think Silent Hill 4 goes? Yeah, it's tough to rank them because there's certain things that certain Silent Hills do really well. And then there's the overall, you know, we, we we used to talk about this a lot especially working at a, a site like GameSpot 
which is about scoring a game in its entirety, but you can't, you know, so, some sites, like I remember like IGN would do stuff where it would be like audio, 8 out of 10, you know, story, 6 out of 10, and it's just like, that's really, that's a tough system. That's not a good system. Yeah. Um, in terms of like innovation, I find it ahead. I found it just absolutely advanced beyond all the other ones. Um, you know, three didn't do that many things that I thought were different or new from two. Um, two was advanced from one. One was like, you know, it had like one very basic storyline, whereas like two really started shaking it up. Um, four like went miles ahead. But in terms of fun, which is generally how we score video games, I find it the least fun. <laughs> I didn't okay. enjoy okay, but- playing four as much, but I loved the concept of it. The innovation, the things that they changed, and how they shook up the whole series. Yeah, it's a really neat concept. I think whoever was making that game, like the developers of that game, are, are you know they should be like really proud that they did something like that. It's just the issue of repeating the same places. Every area you go in Silent Hill Four, you go back again at least once, maybe even twice, and replay the exact same area, but with additional enemies and less health. So it's just kind of like a mean progression by the end you're like exhausted and a lot of it is a uh, you have an npc that you're like carting around and doing an escort mission which is if you've ever done escort missions i'm sure you've all have they're the worst they suck yes there aren't a whole lot of good ones there aren't a whole lot of good i mean yeah like name name me your favorite escort mission do it for real elizabeth bioshock infinite she, I don't know if she's an escort. That's an she's escort AI. <laughs> well, she, I mean, yeah, I guess, she, she does. Yeah, she can't die, right? Because right? she only gives you she only gives you weapons. She's your reload function. But the story has you escorting. Her. How about Metal Gear Two? Uh, when you have to escort Otacon's sister underwater. Mm. Okay, that wasn't so bad. Hmm. I must yeah. find escort missions so bad because when you asked that question, my mind went blank. <laughs> you black I always think of like any Assassin's Creed in which there are like seven to a hundred escort missions, and any time I'd get one, I'd be like, "God damn it! I have to follow this person who's walking so slow." That kind of breaks the illusion of being some stealthy secret assassin, too. Yeah, it just had me thinking about um, that Resident Evil Four with the president's daughter. Right? Was that th- four yeah, or five? That was four. That was. Yep. That's four for sure. Yeah. But, yeah. Ashley. I always thought it was funny. You could just put her in the trash can. You stay here. Yeah. <laughs> you in the trash can. <laughs> Leon. She's. <laughs> Leon, no. Yeah, it's funny. Like your love of escort missions becomes your love of who you're escorting, right? So maybe like the enjoyment of. Bioshock Infinite is the fact that the person you're working with is taking care of herself, she's completely self-reliant, and she's giving you ammo. Wow, she sounds great. Whereas, like, Ashley's dying left and right. She gives gives you shit. That whole game, I don't think she gives me one thing that benefits me, and she's always asking for stuff or complaining. So, you know, like, to me, there there you have it. You know, you ain't wrong. (laughs) In... In uh, Yoshi's story, is Mario who you're escorting? Is that an escort mission? He is constantly crying. (laughs) 
He is constantly crying. <laughs> Damn baby. Uh, next game you brought was Dead Space. Now, this series I actually went through. I went through all three of them in a row, and I, I you're just going through them now, right? This is your first foray into Dead yes, Space? Yes, that's is correct. This is my first time playing the Dead Space series, although I have some familiarity with him because I did make a videos on GameSpot. One of them was the most gory video games of all time, and Dead Space made that list, so I had to play certain sections to get the footage, and I played an eyeball scene, yep, um, yep. which... That's the one I was waiting yeah, for. Yeah, so I've played that very specific part, um, but I played it out of context, so it's just kind of confusing, right? I was basically like, I have to get this one footage that it's apparently super gross, um, but that's all I've played, so it's been really wild playing the series from the actual beginning, and then kind of, you know, learning what everybody's always been talking about, which is uh, that Dead Space is incredible and very, very fun. Now, I, I gotta uh, give at least pre-warn you, the ending of the whole series is very good, but the problem is the ending is hidden in DLC of 3. Oh. <laughs> That's mean. Yeah, so if you want to finish, if you want to get like a, 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 a full ending in it, that kind of gives you the context of everything surmised and like, oh, okay, that's that's the ending. There really isn't anywhere to go, I guess. The you have to get the DLC for three and then play through that. It's relatively short. Good, good to know. That's I yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I've been like kind of avoiding spoilers for it generally, and I have heard some inklings that the whole story is worth it. I've heard that, and I've heard that three in general, a lot of people have just been like, ugh, three, like, what a disappointment. So I have no idea what that means or why. I still have to delve into that, because I, I think I'm on, like, chapter eight, maybe, of Dead Space 1. So I, I still have a lot of work to do before I get there. Okay. I, I wonder if that's a gap in expectation versus reality, mm. or if it's <laughs> a matter of, like... The, the mood of people waiting for that game when it came out, because it kind of seems like some games get graded pretty toughly when they came out, and then when people look back, they're like, oh, that's, that wasn't so bad, actually. Maybe we were too hard on it. <laughs> yeah, I wonder about that with lots of uh, series, right? Like, um, uh, when you think of, like, Resident Evil 4 was, like, iconic, and then was I think five was actually pretty bad, so that doesn't work. Uh, <laughs> Silent Hill. What's a series? What's a series? People have they were turned on initially, turned off of initially, and then came back. That's to Resident it? Evil. I would man. say Mass Effect. Yo, Re- Mass Effect. Too. Mass Effect. Okay, a lot of nerd rage there. You can lose them, but yeah. you can gain I, them back with, with, you know, with vigor, with more love if you can solve it. I, I think Resident Evil is iconic for that as well. Like, think about how how like five missed the mark six was basically like you really done it now you've ruined this series no one will ever play these again and then seven was like oh but seven never mind we're back we're back (laughs) perfect perfect that's exactly what we needed yeah the the dead the dead space one is a perfect like creepy crawly it, it does have a lot of body horror your main weapon is a plasma cutter because you're an engineer you're legitimately an engineer just there to do some engineering work on this space rig. And these aliens come out looking like kind of spidery people. 
and you have to use your plasma cutter to cut their limbs off. Yeah, that's, that's pretty neat, because like most of the time when you play these types of games, it's like, shoot the head, right? That's what you hear a lot when you play like any game, even not even zombie or scary games, but like, you know, any shooting game, it's like, shoot for the head, and this is the very first time I've ever seen a game be like, shoot the limbs. It's a really interesting concept, and it also leads for some really interesting results because of the way that they dynamically like make these bad guys, where if you shoot the legs, their arms can still crawl to you, so they are not dead even though you've, uh, you know, incapacitated them. Dismembered Yeah, them. yeah. You're, like, yeah. they're still actively, like, pursuing you. So they've done it. That was really innovative. There was a lot of stuff. This game is... When did Dead Space come out? This is really interesting. I'm going to Google this now. Dead Space... Getty, you played Dead Space, was right? Was ahead of its time. A long, long time ago. I want to say this, this came out in, like, 2006? And the number is 2008. Eight? Okay. Yeah, close. I didn't feel like I was that far off. No, I played it way, I guess, God, that's like 12 years. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, I, did, I didn't play him until, I think, five years ago. I, I went just found it really world. weird that Isaac doesn't talk in the first one. Oh, like, yeah. at all. I, I don't know if, like, his comms didn't work or if it's just... Maybe it's that Zelda thing, just, you know, where, like, you allow yourself to be put in the position of the lead character of Link by, like, not letting them speak, and then you kind of just get to immerse yourself a little further. I liked that he didn't talk. I didn't know that he talks... To oh, man, I want to know what his voice sounds like now. I've always kind of imagined what his voice is. It can't be weird. I hope it's not, like, strange. It's got to be a good voice. Define strange. I don't know. Here. Jeez, guys, I can't believe we're in space again. <laughs> old timey. Oh no, jeepers! They're everywhere. I'm gonna edit oh, this. Okay, I'm put this all right. In I mean, space. that that would be bizarre. Fair enough. Goodness gracious! <laughs> You're just making this so much better. So if I can memory serves, I think he just swears like the whole time in the second game. Like anytime something happens, he's like, "Oh God damn it!" I just, I what I find funny about that's, I, I, it's more uh, you see it in one, so I, I, I don't want to make it like a spoiler, but uh, throughout the entire thing, everyone's just like, "God damn it, Isaac! What did you do again? Just go over there and just fix the thing, idiot!" Like they're just <laughs> they're really bashing him the him. entire way. Yeah, and he takes it Very, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he has an engineering degree. Okay, he went to college. He is up. He worked hard. He worked his way up to work on this space rig. He's here to save the day, and everyone's just like, "Ugh, why are you here?" Do you Uh, do you think he actually wanted to work on the space rig? Do you think that he just had to go because they needed contractors? So you're 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 equating this to more like an oil rig then? (laughs) Great. Yeah. They do treat him like crap. Um, Like it's a running joke on our current playthrough is that like every time he essentially kills just a slew of horrid monsters and saves the you know the could the chig the kerjigger device that's gonna like save the ship and then they're just like we need you to get to level two and clean the toilet you know it's overflowing again and it's just like they're just constantly barraging you with crap to do because you're just this garbage tier worker and no one cares about him and it makes me feel really frustrated that he gets zero respect on this ship even though he keeps saving everyone's asses um i don't know how it's going to end yet but the whole thing is like 
if that was me, I would get my butt on like a, you know, on like a Escape evacuation ship. Yeah, and I would be like, yeah. peace out, you know, good luck, y'all. I didn't sign up for this. I, I'm educated. I went to school. I don't need this crap. Good luck, everybody. I would get out. Like, yeah, screw them. Plus, the message was from my ex-girlfriend anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need this. I don't need this shit. I went to school. <laughs> Fuck you. So I think that we really got down to the point of dead space is that it's the plight of the blue-collar worker. Mm. I feel like he is completely disrespected and um, unappreciated in his time. And I, that probably is symbolic for the developers that were um, working on this game, who are the unsung heroes of game development. <laughs> the playtesters... <laughs> Dudes yep. who are making the art assets, the audio engineers working tirelessly. That's how they felt. A hundred percent. This workhorses. Isaac really just needs to call his union rep. <laughs> There's no union in space. In space, yeah, there was a space There is no union. union. <laughs> <laughs> no one can unionize. In space. in space, no one can file an OSHA recordable. <laughs> Yet. It's depressing. One day we'll get there, guys. So, got to ask, which is worse, space nightmare or being locked in your apartment? Ooh, that's a really good question. Um, well, I mean, again, might be too soon for that question. I mean, space <laughs> nightmare sounds more appealing day after day right now. But. Yeah, it's a, definitely a shift from what we're currently experiencing of not being able to leave your house, right? I would say, you know, there's a lot of iconic films as well that take place in space, like Alien... Um, and I think what makes space horror so frightening is the idea that you truly are stuck and you can't get out because you can't live anywhere else. Um, you know, if I really got sick of my apartment, um, even in like a resident evil type situation, you can go for it. Like you can get a backpack and you know, jet and, you know, hope for the best. But in space, that's it. You get this one space ship and you got to make it work or you're dead. And I think that is extremely frightening. And that's why probably so many stories revolve around like some kind of nightmare space scenario is because you don't get an option B, man. Like, make it work or die. Man. You got real with that. <laughs> I'm good with home. <laughs> I mean, at home, you get the comforts of home, too, right? Like, it's yours. Even in 4, in um, Silent Hill, I feel like that's his home. It's not the most comfortable, and there are demons floating around, and there's a giant hole that keeps getting bigger in the wall. So those things are unsettling. But... The kitchen is there, and there's fridge, and there was wine in the fridge. I remember that. And it's like... And you don't have to do surgery on your eye? There's no eye surgery. It's your home. You could hide under your bed or hide in the closet, you know, like a little, little baby boy if you really wanted to. In dead space, you can't hide. Shit. Can't do anything. Nope. You're just stuck. No, you just got to take it. People are going to yell at you for being a space Dude, engineer. Dude, something we haven't talked about that's so upsetting in Dead Space is how the monsters use the uh, like the air tunnel systems to run around. 
So, um, I swear, I don't think I've ever seen this in a game before Dead Space, where I would be in a room and I'd be like, this sucks, there's six monsters in here, I'm just going to go into the other room and shut the door. And I would, like, believe in my heart that I had outsmarted them, and I would shut the door and sit in there and wait it out to, like, process what I would do next. And they would come through the frickin' air vents, and now I'm in a smaller room with six monsters. It was just horrible. It's such a frightening concept that they're in the air vents, that any room in this ship is not safe. They can come in at any time and just come out of the air vents and kill you. It's very scary. Like, that's a really cool... That was a really cool concept to, like, let them... Uh, in real time, too, right? Like, this isn't a cutscene. The AI was programmed that if there was a, a monster you were fighting and you went into a different room, that they would, like, hop out of it and then pop out in the room you were, and that was pretty... That's pretty genius. Also, you that's that's save points, too. You have to access the computer and be like, uh, hope no one's around me, because I'm going to get murdered while I'm in this save point. Totally. That just makes... That makes me uncomfortable just hearing about that. Yeah. Sometimes I would see a store in the distance, like in my eyes, and I'd be like sick because I'm like really out of ammo. And then as I'm walking to the store, like 12 monsters would come out. And I'd be like, oh, fucking come on. I can't access the store. I'm running out of ammo. I'm running on E here. I'm in so dead. And if I run backwards... They can use the air vents to follow me and pursue me, and a lot of the enemies in that game were designed to be faster than you so that you couldn't run away. There's these, like, specific enemies that kind of, like, shake. I don't know how else to describe it. It almost looks like they're glitching. Um, mm, oh, yeah. Like that girl from The Ring. She's like, kind of, like, shifting yes. around, and then she's, like, fight, like, you know, she's right in front of you, and it's scary as shit. Uh, but you can't run can't run in this game you can't hide uh this game is about kind of tackling problems head on and sometimes it's logical sometimes you're like okay i've died six times doing this so i guess i should probably try this other method and it's really about like trial and error but it's certainly not about running away and it's not about um it's 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 not a strategy of like hiding and figuring it out. You are you are meant to murder these people. There's no passive spa- dead space run. It's only aggressive yep. dead space. And the other the other part is that like there's corpses on the ground that the monsters will pop out of. So it, oh. it behooves you to like just stomp on the head of everything that like is on the ground. Doesn't matter what it is. You just got to be like, well, I got to take care of this problem before it is a problem. Literally yesterday, I saw. Um, a woman, so in in Dead Space, right, like, not everybody is dead yet. Sometimes there's, like, actual human beings who are suffering still. And there's a woman who's, like, I think she's laughing. She's kind of, like, laugh crying because she's upset. She's got a gun in her hand. And she, like, uh, you know, she uh, eats a bullet because she's upset. And I am processing this really heavy situation. And I walk up to her and I think, oh, my God. Well, I better stomp off her arms and her legs. <laughs> and I did. Because I can't have her reanimated, because then I have to fight her again, and it's much worse. So Dead Space is kind of programmed with all of this, like, different... The way that it's made this game, it's it's programmed to make you just ice cold um, and mutilate any corpse that you see and not even, like, consider any human being a friend. I have no friends in that game. The, the other humans that talk to me are literally, like, demeaning me and telling me to do crap for them all the time so it's very isolating a very sad game 
Yeah. Well, I mean, but the, the part of it is that, like, that's the thing is that your friends are liabilities. You, you know, they get killed, they become the monster. Maybe we are all the monster. Oh, we knew that already. This game is deep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we're all monsters. This is, it's just like one of those things where it's, it's definitely pushing you at your limits with humanity. I wonder, like, if I were to play this when it came out, how different I would feel. Um, but I feel as if it, this game came out today that we would still talk about it with a lot of favor. It is really well done. Um, it is a really good holistic game from every aspect, from the gameplay, the mechanics, how they like decided the enemies, um, the environment, the audio design. Oh, dear God. The audio design is just yep. like incredible, and they've put so much effort. Also, the UI, his health and his, his, his oxygen are on his back, totally. so if you get hit, you start to see it drain. Yeah, the UI is <laughs> dope. I think we don't talk about that as much a lot in games, right? Like how really good UI is when it's ingrained into the gameplay instead of something that's on the screen. So neat. Yeah. Dead Space. It's a, that, that's a, Two is also very, very good. I, 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 I like that entire series. I like that idea. I liked Isaac as a character despite everyone making fun of him. I was with him the entire way. I was like, you know what, man? Stay strong. I, I feel you. I feel you. It's tough. Yeah, I'm like definitely on his side too, for sure. He seems like a pretty it's just like an unfortunate character. Wrong place, wrong time, right? You like wanna believe that you can do it and you can beat this. Uh he really holds true under a lot of pressure. <laughs> it's a lot yeah. better than I would, for sure. All right, with that, let's uh take uh, another break and get into indie or outdoor. back with Indie or Outie. This uh, Indie or Outie is a game where we have to decide whether something is an indie game or something else. This week, I chose Indie Movie. So you have to decide whether something is an indie game or an indie movie. Hmm. I have uh, a couple good ones here, also a couple that I just thought were funny. So let's kind of go through here. Uh, the first game. It's a game. You have to guess. Is- <laughs> That's why I'm mixing it up now. It's either a game or an indie movie. First one. Never really, sometimes, always. And feel free to shout them out. I'm, uh, we're going to record all the points. I got everything written down. You're going to do it? So, never really, sometimes, always. You want me to do it? Mary says movie. Oh, God. Um, I'll do Dame. I'll go movie. It is a movie. Yeah. <laughs> Next one. Uh, I put this in there because I thought it'd be funny. Velocipaster. That is a movie. <laughs> <laughs> you you, I, you I said want that like you saw it. You said that like <laughs> you worked <laughs> on Velocipaster. Uh, All right, so uh, Mary and Joel, what do you think? I, I'm, I'm with Daddy movie. <laughs> Velosa 
pastor? Is this what I think it is, where you're uh, like half dinosaur, but you're also a religious man? Yes. <laughs> it's got to be a movie. It is, in fact, a movie. Okay. <laughs> imagine, yeah, I believe it's on Amazon Prime. Imagine game developers constructing this. I just couldn't believe it. It, had, it would have to be like a papers, please, like game, except you're a pastor doing uh, confessional or something. God's work and then eating the, the, <laughs> the sinners. sinners. <laughs> yeah. See, I see it like a Turok type game. You have a cross in one hand, a shotgun in the other. Ooh. Okay, next. Incredipede. Game. game. That has to be a game. <laughs> that is a game. I think I know who made that. <laughs> Who did Incredipede? I flicked that one up. Northway Games. Yeah, I knew this. I, I played this. Yeah, I played this when I worked. Okay, there we go. Like Fifteen years ago. I was trying to think. I was like, Mary might know some of these. Yeah. So hopefully, it's past you. Okay. Blue Ruin. Game. Game. Yeah. Mary. I am on the fence about this. Um, but I am easily talked into things, so I'm going to go game. You are all wrong. It is a movie. <sighs> Damn it! I should have strayed from the pack! This, I was going through these, these, uh, this list, and I, like, I was looking through these movies, and I had never heard of Blue Ruin, but it's about a guy who wants revenge and tries to kill somebody, but it's also very amateurish, as in the guy is kind of heavy and doesn't know how to shoot, and it just kind of goes back and forth with them trying to kill each other back and forth, and it looks like a... Thrilling movie. Ooh. I'm very interested. Okay. Lost Constellation. That could be anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a book. Um, uh, could be a book. <laughs> Lost Constellation sounds like a... It sounds like a nice game title. I'm going to go with game. Yeah, I'm going to go with game too. I feel like I have to do a movie just so I can try to get ahead. Mm. Yeah. It is a game. Yeah. Sorry, right. Joel. Funny funny enough, it's the prequel game to Lost in or Night in the Woods. Oh really? my oh. god. I know what you're talking about. Oh my god. I played that too. It's like a yeah. demo. <laughs> I played that. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. I remember. Lost Constellation. Yeah. Okay. Barely afloat. That sounds like a rom com. Doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. That sounds like a movie to me. With like I'm going movie. Uh oh my god, I'm bad with after names. Just two Seems like a Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, like a girl and a dude who like kinda like yeah. each other. He's got stubble and she's got like <laughs> They they rent they rent Skin. some sort of boat and yeah, don't take a, oh, a ride and overboard. Yeah, it's a movie. <laughs> yes. Alright, <laughs> uh, Joel? I said movie. Okay, you're all wrong. It's a game. Fuck. Well, ah. all right. <laughs> there you go. Uh, okay. Alice is dead. Hmm. <laughs> game. Movie. Movie. That that sounds like a provocative name for a movie that they just try to catch your eyeballs with and grab your attention. It is a game. Damn it. Thank you. <laughs> Get it? You always win these. You're pretty good at this. Yeah. Okay. Knives and skin. Ugh. 
Ugh. <laughs> just sounds gross. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I. You know that that's the part of the family video where it's the rodeo doors you have to walk behind to get to the right movie section. <laughs> you think so? Yeah, I was gonna lean towards movie uh, on this uh, one. Auto movie. Yeah, I'm thinking. Um, that sounds like a movie, but you've tricked me like six times. Um, <laughs> they all sound like movies, right? Like, I honestly think if you said to me "Salt and Sanctuary," I'd be like, "What a cool movie name!" I'd like get tricked right? so easily on this. Uh, I'm gonna go yeah. with movie. I feel strongly that I'm right this time. It is, in fact, a movie. <gasps> There we go. Okay. We have two more, I believe. Yep. Whispering Willows. Yeah. No help here. That's like a Yankee (laughs) Candle scent. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Um, Whispering Willows is not a great name, right? Because I think you've, like, heard that before in, like, limericks and shit. I would say... It totally could be a game. So I'm going to go with game. Confidence. Yeah, I think it's a game. I'll try movie this time. Joel, that is not that is not voting well for I, you. You know, I'm I'm not under any illusion that I've got a real chance. I'm just trying to close the gap a little bit so it's not embarrassing. Yep, it's a game. All right. Leave no trace. Game? Movie. Leave no trace. Game. It is, in fact, a movie. Oh, Damn. Joel. Yeah. <laughs> Leave no trace. It, this one is about people living in the Oregon forest. Oh my god, I've seen this. <laughs> I'm such a fucking idiot. I watched this film. It's about a dad and his daughter, and he they don't live on the grid, man. And they get... Yeah. Oh, I'm... I like literally have seen this movie. Oh, see now, was it good? It's very good. It's just like it's kind of like a you know, it's not like a fast paced thing. It's about like a dude that's definitely like been through some shit. I think he's like a vet, so he can't be in mm. society because he's got like PTSD. So he's like, I'm in the woods, but she's growing up, so she's like. I kind of want to be around people, and it's about how they navigate whether or not they're going to be in society or live in the woods as nomads for the rest of their life. But it's dope. It actually does take place in Portland, and there's, like, lots of Portland visual throughout the entire film. So I remember seeing it, like, right when we moved here and being like, this is neat. But obviously I didn't remember too much of it because I fucking got that wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Getty got seven points. Uh, Mary got six points, and Joel with a mighty three. Woo. I got Joel at four. Four? Yeah. Oh, I want to read Give out. him that Joel. point. Good yeah. for you, Joel. You got four. Thanks, Getty, for backing yeah, me up. Yeah, you got to keep track of it on paper. <laughs> I have pa- I'm literally writing it down on paper with a pen. Paper. I don't know how I missed that one. Paper ballots. Yep. It's very important. <laughs> Recount. Re- well, <laughs> uh, the other one I, I didn't throw in here was uh, Tangerine. Ooh, that would have been good. I don't really know that instinctively. Okay, well, bonus point. Tangerine, go. Tangerine. I don't want (laughs) to. Can't you just tell us? Game. (laughs) Yeah. 
Take your wild guesses, and I'll tell you. All right. <laughs> yeah, it's just really game, I guess. It is a movie. There Damn. you go. It Did I a, see this it, one, too, one, for fuck's sake? This, <laughs> this one fascinated me. It was about trans prostitutes who are fighting their way across town to go fight her pimp. Ooh. It I actually like looked kind of cool. Tangerine. Yeah. All right. It's on my list. It's on my list now. Okay, and that was Indy or Outy. <laughs> Getty, the constant champion, even against me. Next, we're going to go into another segment, Guest Spot. Real quick, we just want to do a talk with Mary, uh, see how she's been doing. How's the transition from working from the Twitch office than like working from home? Oh, it's always a transition to work from home. I did it you know, a year before most people are doing it now, because I moved from San Francisco to Portland when I changed my position at Twitch from a producer where I like made all our live shows like E3. Um, And then Mm -hmm. I changed to community marketing where I wanted to like make projects about the community. So when I did that, I was able to work remotely and I moved to Portland and I got so lonely and I started like talking to myself a lot this is very transparent and I'm like talking to you guys like I've known you for years (laughs) I was so sad and I took I would say a good six months to come to terms with the choice that I had made and like decide to make the most out of my time I'm very extroverted I'm really pretty open about that so the idea of me not going to work and seeing people around a coffee pot and like making some kind of dumb joke Uh, I kind of, like, lived to make people laugh. So the idea that I was, like, always alone and, like, you know, talking to my dog and then laughing at my own jokes, which were very good, but no one could hear (laughs) me, was hard. It was really hard for me to adjust. Um, And a lot of people who are going through that right now because of COVID, I always say to them, you know, it is an adjustment process. There's no... There's no, like, day that you'll wake up and be like, now I'm cool with being alone all the time. That doesn't happen. It's just over the course of my time, I've come to terms with the fact that it's fine to enjoy people's company online in other ways. And I kind of, like, just learn to enjoy your own thoughts. But it takes ages. There's, like, no rule. There's no there's no trigger that makes you, like, figure it out. It just took time for me to come to terms with it. And t- till like, to this day... I get sad if I don't go on, like, a trip or see people over, like, a week. I like talking to other humans. It's hard to to spend this long not with other people. It's a long answer. That's now, what you get when you become my shrink because you ask me personal questions <laughs> about being alone. <laughs> uh, I, can, I can definitely relate to what you're talking about, though. Like, it... Uh, it, it is a, a strange feeling of going from a, a lifestyle that usually is very, like, your day is full of not just, like, the general day-to-day work you have to do, but also having, inter- you know, interacting with people and then having this, like, valve shut off so completely, so quickly. Mm. Yeah, it's quick. It's a quick thing that happens, and um, I feel like... I have adapted over time, but I think that most people should know, if that's the case, that it's okay to process those time, those things in real time and, like, those feelings and, like, deal with it as, as works for you. There's just no solution to it, man. That's, like, the real truth of it. You just kind of functionally get better at figuring out what works for you. And what worked for me was talking to myself and learning an instrument. 
and that kind of let me process those feelings and like use that creativity in a different way. Okay, what instrument are you learning? I'm learning the stand-up bass. I kind of play bluegrass or like slap it like old school style. It turns out that my landlord plays banjo and he only plays songs that are from 1930 and older. And so he's taught me like a bunch of really odd songs and I play them uh, and with him. And it's really fun. So we basically play like really old ass songs together. And I made like three songs about games that I've played. Like I have a sh- song about Shovel Knight and I have a, ga- a song about uh, a Dark Souls boss that's a total bitch. Alright. <laughs> which which boss? Um it is the um sp- it's like a spider boss. Um what's Oh, okay, yeah. The name <laughs> the of- one in like the cave? Yes. Uh she has yep. a name. Hold on. Dark Souls Spider. It's like a Chaos Witch, is that what it's called? Chaos? Yeah, Chaos that sounds Witch. right. Yeah. So she's got all her eggs on the back and stuff. She sucks. So I wrote this song about like how she like crawls into your dreams and like eats your soul it's been very cathartic <laughs> <laughs> so uh what are some hardships that come with your job obviously twitch streamers acting a fool but kind of what else do you have to deal with on your day-to-day my day is my job is like super fulfilling now it's very often about um coming up with projects that we think that Twitch users would enjoy anyone who like literally just goes to twitch.tv and is like what's going on over here it's like I kind of want the people to get involved in something that's greater than just like literally hanging out and chat um, and discovering people who we think are so awesome that deserve to be amplified so more people can find out how amazing they are Um, I am so fortunate to like literally spend a lot of my day traipsing around Twitch and finding really cool streamers that don't have like a huge audience but they're so entertaining and so interesting and so like a lot of the things that I do are basically like let's find maybe a month where we focus on uh, streamers who cook and let's source and like uplift some of like the best cooking streamers so like if you've ever thought about watching a cooking streamer you could find them Um, and I also run like programs like the ambassador program which is essentially these people who are ambassadors they're really good at what they do they're really like they're really fun to watch they're also like wholesome and they do a good job at like just having a good community and so it's like let's make sure that those people are found and let's amplify them let's tweet about them let's make montages about them let's send them like stuff that helps their streaming be easier and more enjoyable and like that kind of stuff is really fun and rewarding so it's like really cool to kind of find a streamer and and be like I want to you know I want to make like a video about you and like tweet it and like talk about you and of, like most of the time like 99.9% of the time they're stoked so it's like very fun it's a very enjoyable job but it also is like a lot of pressure and it's very time consuming I work way too much I, my hours are ridiculous and I think a lot of it is just there's more than enough projects so it's just about like trying to use our time wisely and figuring out which ones will make people the happiest if that's spending time on valentine's day or spending time on um you know black history month or spending time on um all these different initiatives and it's just like kind of figuring out which ones we think people will attach themselves to or which ones we think the audience needs to hear 
and then giving that to them. So it's kind of where my time goes. It's it's cool. I, I like doing what I do, and I stream on the to- on like on the side, so that's rewarding too. So a lot of it's just kind of balancing the pressure and spending a lot of time at my computer. <laughs> of course. So if there, are, I mean, we I think of Twitch and we think of Twitch often as just like mostly primarily video game, you know, streaming platforms. But totally. if you were trying to broaden our perspective on what kind of different streaming things are being done on Twitch, like what's a sort of like genre of video or uh, a type of show that people produce that people might not necessarily think about off the top of their head when they think of Twitch? Yeah, I think um, a lot of people, you're so right. So many people associate uh, Twitch with video games and that is our bread and butter, so, so to speak. It's predominantly our largest category. It's like where people go. Um, you would find if you go, if you literally go to cl- uh, twitch.tv right now and you clicked on categories and you like, um, we, we sort them by most viewed, I bet you just chatting is the highest. I bet you. And you'll be amazed with how many people literally go live and they're not actually doing anything in particular. They're literally just hanging out with their chat. Sometimes they're eating. Sometimes they're like, um, building something or just kind of like cheesing around on the internet and looking for fun stuff to talk about. That actually is huge because we're not just a gaming site. We're like kind of a site for people to hang out with other humans that they just find interesting. So I like the idea that like it will shock people to think that you can go to Twitch and literally just find someone not really doing much of anything, but they are entertaining and they're fun. And then under that would probably be music which is growing exponentially right now. I think a lot of that is unfortunately COVID related where you're basically seeing a lot of artists who had massive tours lined up for the summer and they're all canceled. So it's like, shit, if I can't play an audience of, you know, 20,000 people, uh, I can go live and they can find that much, maybe more um, by going live on Twitch. It's not the same, but it's, it's cool to see like pretty major artists doing live shows on Twitch now. So that's been kind of a, it's been kind of a nice thing to see out of a bummer situation. Oh, absolutely. That's been probably one of my favorite parts about this whole awful situation. <laughs> seeing, seeing like a uh, solo uh, versions of different parts of artist songs that I enjoy. being Totally. <laughs> yeah. I like that too. I like finding the weird stuff. Um, I wonder, I bet I could do a stream. You guys are kind of, like, inspiring me. I feel like there. I could definitely do a stream talking about the weirdest shit I've ever found on Twitch because I've seen some really weird stuff, and I've seen... Um, yeah. We have... There's, like, a... It's not ours. It's a, someone made a search engine that shows you someone that has, like, zero to one viewers. And so you can... Ran, it's I think it's called Twitch Roulette, and you can literally click on it, and it'll find you a random person, and you can even select the category. So you can be like, I want to find someone playing Final Fantasy online. And it'll show you someone who has, like, very few to no viewers. And it's really fascinating to see these people who are going live, and, and sometimes they're doing, like, really cool stuff, but there's really, like, not a lot of people watching. And you can find some really crazy stuff. Some of my favorite channels, they're not huge. They're just... They're just interesting and they're fun. I like watching live. Um, I like watching live animals. There's one called Dash Ducks. Um, you can feed the ducks with bits, and so they're just ducks in a pond. <laughs> There's no humans at all, 
and you just feed the ducks, <laughs> and they'll freak out when you feed them, and that's it. And that's it. There's nothing fancy to it. There's nothing interesting. It's just it's just a very relaxing kind of zen-y stream. That's fantastic. Last question, I think, uh, and then we'll start moving towards the end. How <laughs> is Simone the pup doing? Simone is amazing. He's a good boy. He suffers from allergies because he's a French bulldog, and they have tough skin, so we have to curb those with uh he you know he gets like shots and he gets like lots of attention but he's showered with love and affection COVID affects pups too he misses people and anytime i take him to a park and i let him off his leash he runs to any stranger for the slightest ounce of affection and then sits on their foot which i think is his <laughs> way of saying i miss other people like i hang out with my mom a lot but i am so over her and i would like to see another person I think we all are kind of in that boat at this point. Yeah, who doesn't want to sit on a stranger's foot once in a while? I could pass. I, I was doing it. I was doing it recently. <laughs> so with that, let's move on to one last thing. We give one last statement, one last sentence, just to send us out into the weekend and you, the listener, into the weekday. Uh, for me, I recently played a short hike. It was delightful. Oh, it's so good, Joel. Uh, my one last thing is light the new games I played non-existent, so I got nothing. <laughs> and uh, Getty. Next week is episode 69. Uh, Alex, I get to play that H game that you gave me as a gift and report back on it. That's Sounds my one good. last thing. It's That's Death- a statement. Death- Mary, it's a Death Stranding game with an anime naked lady. Ooh, that ticks all the boxes. Ticks at least two. Yep. Death Stranding? Naked. Anime Naked Lady? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Mary, you got one last thing for us? Sure. I recently played an indie game called Never Song that blew me away. You guys like indies. The people listening probably like indies. Please look up Never Song. It's just so, so awesome. And I think it's a really beautifully made game. And I think you'll enjoy it. I'll put it on my list. All right. Uh, what is it? What is it? It's just on Steam? Uh, yeah, I bought it on Steam. Um, it was made by a very tiny studio, and it's just... Oh, God, like, watch the trailer. Like, the art is, like, phenomenal, but, yeah, it's. I think it's, like, a Metroid-y style game, you know, where you see stuff and you can't get there yet. That sounds familiar. Um... No, it, lo- it actually looks really cool to me. I've been... Loving it. I'm going to play it again next week because I only am like maybe three, four hours through it. Also, uh, Getty says, uh, told me that uh, The Last of Us is one of his favorite oh, yeah. missions. So that's a good one. And with that, that will be this week's Super GG Radio. Before we go, you can find us on Twitter at Super GG Radio and twitch.tv slash Super GG Radio, where Kevin, uh, our, fr- our streamer friend, has moved on to Metal Gear Solid 5. Kev has come too. We're continuing with Multiplayer Mondays, 2D Tuesdays, Magic the Gathering Sundays, and other shows to follow. Also, look for our June article uh, at the NPR Front Row Network website, talking about what we're playing this month. Lastly, I guested on, after the hype, the Corona Cartoons, where we watched The Page Master and talked about it. Give it a listen. Mary, anything you want to plug for us? Uh, I'm on Twitch. You can find me on there. I play uh, games on Mondays. Indie games on Mondays, uh, Silent Hill on Thursdays, and Dead Space on Tuesdays. Come check it out. 
what is it? Twitch.tv slash Mary Kish. So my name, but it's spelled M-E-R-R-Y-K-I-S-H. Thank you for having me. It's really nice to to hang out and just talk shop for a couple hours. It's nice, refreshing. Oh, we really appreciate you coming, hanging out with us. And we the thing about this podcast is we try to find indie games that are in development just so we can talk them up and talk about what they do. We've had a couple guys, uh, developers, talk to us about our feedback and said, like, oh, I'd, I'd like to make that change, or that's a good idea. You know? I love that. I think it's really cool to see more stuff focused on indies. I think it's, you know, it's just never done enough. So I think it's great work that you guys do and to talk about indie games and kind of organize in this way. It's just really nice. I, I always advocated for indies in every job I had, and it it is like a thing you have to you have to kind of pursue, you have to have like a kind of special mentality where it's like, yes, this is so worthwhile. And I really believe it is. Yes. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, no, neither of us could say it better. Now, if you'd like to reach us with questions or input, our email address is superggradio at gmail.com and provide a review on iTunes or the pup twitch stream of your choice. Thanks for listening. GG, Joel. Good game. GG, Getty. GG. And good game, Mary. GG. Good night, everybody. I was like pretending to be myself. (laughs) Good night, everybody. Okay, so uh, the news. We have a running joke that uh, someone tries to seduce the news as a person. Mary, would you like to seduce the news? Good God! Describe it again. I'm excited. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how it started, but Getty started writing uh, pickup lines. It started with your brother, like doing the smooth, like, hey, news. (laughs) And then we ran with it from there. Dang. Sorry. I don't know if you guys saw that, heard that. We did. We oh, definitely yeah. did. Um, sure did. So the recording won't hear that. I have um, OBS open, which uh, is hooked up through my... This is like a secret of how the sausage is made here. Um, my Discord is set up so that you guys hear what my OBS hears. And my OBS is open right now because I was going to edit some scenes and someone just followed me. Mm-hmm. So you just heard one of my follow... Uh, Oh, very so nice. I'm going to close it so that doesn't happen again. I'm amazed that didn't happen throughout the show. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs>